0: kind of QVC style, you know, a lot of people might know what the QVC style stuff is, where you have somebody showcasing the product, they'll put the top on, or they'll put the dress on, they'll explain to you how it fits, you may have another model or two come out in a different size, so somebody could see a different size, a lot of people, certainly a lot of ladies in in the boutique world can register with that, you know, it's a little bit easier to see somebody who's more similar to you, right? So if you, so as a brand or as a company, if you can zero in on that, you know, then you can you can reap the benefits, you could probably make some pretty good sales.
1: Hey, Modern Commerce, welcome back. You're here as always with Casey and John. Today, we're continuing on with our How to Build a Brand series. We've got another great interview lined up, but I'm going to go ahead and let John tell us how he's doing and explain who our guest is going to be today. John? it away my man
2: thank you man like i i'm doing good i am excited to be here i'm excited to be here with alan alan jernigan of blushing brunette boutique uh started the brand with his wife and and you know i actually am excited about this one casey because uh this one's a it's gonna hit home for us uh we have they're, they're very. This is like a weird sub niche of the ecom world that we're going to talk about today, and, and it's a great sub niche, right? It's, it's very profitable. They're they're awesome brands, uh, but boutiques, clothing boutiques specifically, and uh, we're even going to get into a little live selling, live selling, sort of this like hot topic in in e commerce right now. Uh, but like in the boutique world, it's not even it's not new, right? Like we've been doing yeah. going on for a while, and. Uh, and it's funny, Casey and I, have, like one of our, you know, biggest successes, biggest case studies uh, early on in the agency was was helping grow a boutique that did live selling. So, like when Alan, when we first talked, I was like, "Oh, you're, you're you live sell? Like, it's there's so few people in the ecom world who like get it, right?" So, yeah. yeah, Alan, excited to have you here. Give us a little bit of your background. Tell us a little bit about the brand background, um,
0: how you guys got started, all that kind of stuff. Sure, man. Yeah. So we're, we just celebrated five years. I started back in 2017. We do actually have a couple of storefronts, but predominantly everything's online e-commerce. We really, at first starting out, we were a little bit more brick and mortar, didn't have as many online sales. And right before uh, COVID area, that's, that's flipped. We're like 90 on 90, 10 with, with mostly everything happening on online. Uh, live selling was a big part of that back in the day. Then we've kind of tailed off on it, and now we're looking at ramping it back up. Just just to speak to that point, there, it's um it's tricky, right? That's you see a lot of folks on. You don't really see a whole lot. of You see a little bit of fashion in the ecom world, but not really centered around like like the boutique area. You don't see a whole lot of that. At least is at least in the the D to C talk, you don't get a whole lot of it. But it's there's a lot of a lot of similar things. Some things are a little bit different. You know, we had talked about some different ad things. As far as like statics versus videos, sometimes with, with, with our brand or with other brands that are similar, you can run a, a static image as opposed to and, and get good results as opposed to a, a dressed-up video or whatnot. But that's that's pretty much the gist of it, man. We're uh, we've been growing year over year. We're, we're we're pumping out pretty pretty solid numbers. So we're we're just
1: kind nice. of trying to do our
0: thing. Cool. Yeah. And and uh, tell me, um, you you
2: guys have uh, a team like with the brick and mortar stores and stuff like that over the last few years. So, so I know that let, let's, let's rewind, let's go back to 2019. Um, right. So that we can go through, you know, how, what, what were you doing? Right. Like what, how things were going and then how the uh, how you had to change with COVID. Right. Because, you know, we were talking off screen and, and before 2020, most of your guys' sales were brick and mortar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we had, I would say we kind of had a, a boat built for the flood. So, I I was already geared to to shifting to more online anyways, and we were doing a fair, we were doing a fair amount. I'd I'd say at that time we were about 80, 20, and now we're just predominantly online, but we're 80, 20 retail with a lot of our sales coming in to the storefronts. And a lot of the online sales was still kind of a local presence as well. So it was all, that was kind of pushed by the actual brick and mortar (laughs) shops. 2019. So we, we, I'm, I'm of the mindset. I think that we kind of need to change this, anyways. Covid hits, boom. All of a sudden, we're making zero sales inside those stores. So we had, we had to figure out a way to sell stuff, right? Shops are not open. We've got to sell stuff online. We were ready. We, we were already, we were already on Facebook and pretty much everywhere. We had a relatively uh, decent presence. Uh, not what we are now, but. We, we we were ready, man. It, it COVID hit, we just kind of blew up. Sales just started happening.
2: Casey, you are an absolute beast right now. You're churning out so many creatives across multiple brands. What is it that is so hard about producing such a high volume of creatives? Why can't a lot? Why can't more brands do it?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say if you're doing it the right way, of course, um, you should be always analyzing. Your, your past ads, you know the things you've already turned out, your most recent uh, test group that you've put out. Um, and that should inform your next round of creation, not just go all willy-nilly about it. So I would say that's why it's difficult to speed up that process, is because it's always kind of a two-pronged approach of, of analyzing and creation, really. So
2: how is it that you are able to do that across like 12 to 15 accounts?
1: Yeah, I mean, it does get pretty wild, but honestly, when I use Pencil, it's not as bad. Uh, Pencil is a tool that I use. It it's got AI that'll help determine what my best ads are. It'll even break it down into the best elements of those ads and. In that platform, it'll automatically generate new ads for me to launch and I can push them live straight from the platform uh, into Facebook, IG. Um, It also works great for other platforms as well, like TikTok, whatever you're on really. If you sound like me and you're always in the weeds with your creatives, you need need a little bit more analytics. uh, You just need some help with new creation. You need things to be sped up a little bit. um, You know, use our promo code. Go to trypencil.com, use promo code modcom15. You'll save 15% off on any paid plan. You sure can start with a free plan, John. I mean, hey, I'll recommend it. Go ahead and try it for free. But once you do, we're pretty confident you're going to want to switch to a paid plan anyway. So don't forget you can use that promo code MODCOM15 at TryPencil.com. One more time, that's TryPencil.com, MODCOM15. Save 15% off any paid plan they have there and uh, back to the show.
2: Yeah. So, so let's explain the business model a, a, a little bit. Sure. Right. uh, Because we get a lot of different kinds of e-commerce businesses on here, right? Like people who source product, uh, people who uh, are vertically integrated, they make their own products. Um, You guys are a clothing brand, right? Like at at your core, you're you're kind of a women's clothing brand. Um, The way that you source is, is the same way most clothing brands source, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, we work with uh, we work with a few different vendors. Some of our stuff is exclusive. Some of it is not. Some of it you can find in other boutiques. Some of it you can find in other other places. Um, pretty much th- that's very similar to a lot of other fashion brands.
2: Right. Yeah. That's 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 not uncommon. So, um, you know the the, the uh you know the, the title of this this series is how to build like a you know a blank kind of brand, right? So if here here we're talking about how to build an apparel brand how to build a boutique, but but I actually think that, uh, the way that apparel is done, um, there's two ways, right? So, 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 and it's funny, we actually are are recording another episode with another apparel brand. I think later today, that is what I'll call category one. And category one is you've disrupted a certain pro, I don't know, you know, product category or like pants, right? Like, uh, you have like a new kind of, jean you know or yeah. a new kind of pants that's like mm-hmm. you know so that's very similar to a disruptor brand in e-commerce just period right and 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 you're mainly focused really kind of around that one thing and and a lot of apparel brands start out that way and then they evolve into like many many other product categories chubbies is a great example right like yeah. they they started out by saying like hey you know dudes don't have to wear long shorts dudes can wear short shorts right and and now there are lots of things, right? Like lots mm-hmm. of, lots of apparel products. So that's kind of way number one is where it's like, we're really focusing on disrupting a category. And in that case, then you then your stuff is exclusive. Right. And you're focused on why are, you know, why try these shorts? Why buy these shorts? Why buy this shirt? Whereas, or, or category two is, is you like how you're doing apparel where you're saying, look, you know, we don't care that much about what the products are, right? Like what we care about is our market. You know, yes. so if, if our market that we serve is kind of, you know, m- millennial, uh, older, half millennial women, mm-hmm. uh, we care about what they care about, right? So if they're into, um, if they're into, you know, this kind of blouse right now, that's what we're into. If they're into one piece of suits right now, that's what we're into. Uh, if they're into jeans, that's what we're into. If they're into joggers, that's what we're into, right? So, so you're really kind of doing a, a more, what people might call fast fashion um, yep. And working with suppliers where some, like you said, some of the stuff is exclusive, Sure. Uh, but but in fast fashion, it's not so important that it's exclusive. It's more important, at least as I see it, that you guys are, that you guys have your fingers on the pulse of the trend. So, so, and that's, in my opinion, in a world where you don't have any exclusivity with your supplier or your suppliers, anyone else could really cut in and buy the same stuff. How do you win, right? Like anyone yeah, else can gotta- get the same stuff. How do you win?
0: You got, you got to build a brand, right? So that was kind of the, you know, to, to, to take it back a little bit when we were starting out I, the, the whole thing, whether it was online or in store, it, in store, it was we want to be able to put it anywhere, right? So if, if we're going to open up retail shops, we want to be able to put those everywhere and not just be, you know, not just be a localized little shell of, of Oh, that's your local boutique or whatnot. Right. So from the beginning I, we already knew we were going to take, I wanted to take this and I want to be able to put it everywhere. And how do you do that? You got to, you got to build a brand mm-hmm. and it's, it's a little bit tougher to do when you got a lot of people selling the same things as you, but if you zero in on who your customer is and you can speak to them, I think you can find success doing that. And I think that's something that we have done is we we've been able, I like to use my wife as an example, she is the blushing brunette whatnot. I'm Mr. Blush and brunette, But it's really easy for me to address the market because who I'm put, who I'm selling to is, is my is my wife is the the girls that work for us i have a, I have a younger daughter so it's really easy for me you know, a lot of people might might think well it's it's, it's a guy which you know obviously a lot of guys in the fashion industry but it's really easy for me to zero in on who i'm selling to because they're all around me right yeah. and that you're, that's enabled us to to build what we've got or where we've got to today
2: yeah you're avatar adjacent so so let's get into some of the like really clear kind of Ta- tactics of, cause I think that's what a lot of people say is like, it's about knowing your customers. It's about yeah. well, what, what does that look like, you know, in the, in the fashion world. Um, and, and let's, uh, let's, yeah, transition this conversation into live selling. So, uh, I don't know the exact timeline, right. But I know, um, you guys kick off your primarily book and brick and mortar by 2019, you're moving more online. Mm-hmm. Um, so that by 2020 you're ready. And I yep. think your foray into online started with live selling correct
0: yeah 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 you're right on it we we explain
2: Explain what the live selling process is just for anyone who doesn't know
0: sure sure all right so so it's predominantly i think i I can't say for sure but i think it really started in like facebook groups where Mm -hmm. you would have ladies or people get on a, a live sale and It's basically, it's kind of QVC style. You know, a lot of people might know what the QVC style stuff is, where you have somebody showcasing the product. They'll put the top on or they'll put the dress on. They'll explain to you how it fits. You may have another model or two come out in a different size so somebody could see a different size. You may have a lady wearing a small, medium, large XL. So different people can see, or you can see different people in the different sizes where maybe you couldn't visualize yourself in a size small. You can see somebody in a you know, maybe you wear an XL and you see somebody in an XL, you have a better idea of what that would look like on you. And I think a lot of people, certainly a lot of ladies in the in the boutique world, can register with that. You know, it's a little bit easier to see somebody who's more similar to you, right? So if you so as a brand or as a company, if you can zero in on that, you know, then you can you can reap the benefits. You could probably make some pretty good sales. And we were able to do that when we started out. We had a pretty, pretty, I mean, really solid uh, Facebook group going, and uh, we've been able to grow that a little bit too. And, and when that happens, you kind of build a little bit of a community as well. Definitely, if, if you're if you're doing it in a local area, you can you, you start to talk to these people on a regular basis. You become friends with them. Strangers become friends, and you can zoom it just it just grows. And then all of a sudden, one thing that you, you hear a lot about. Um, paid ads and and, and whatnot and they're, and they're great and we love them but I, I like to say one of the best forms of marketing is is, is word of mouth right so if, if we can get somebody telling somebody else about who we are we're winning
2: right. yeah no and, and and so so yeah i mean specifically you know what it looks like in, in d2c e-commerce boutique apparel right and, and live selling might look a little different in different forms but it is it's the qvc model right Mm-hmm. Uh, or the shopping network, right. There's just products on there all day and people sit in their stand and they're selling them. Um, but in e-commerce, what it looks like is, is usually, a, a brand, brown, brand co-founder or brand, you know, owner, CEO, somebody like that, um, getting on. And, and when you talk about like, Hey, you know, you got to build a brand that people identify with and love. Oftentimes it's as much, it, it becomes as much in, in D 2 C in, in e-commerce, it becomes as much that person as any. Yeah. Right. So, so it was your wife initially. Right. It was selling Your wife is the avatar. So those people who are like her identified with her, she comes on and she's like, yeah, this one, actually, it, I would size up in this one. It fits a little bit small, you know, or I would size down in this one. If it's a little big, I don't know if I got that reversed or not. No, but yeah. um, Right. And, and so it's part selling and part just endearing herself. And then the thing is, like you said, you get to know some of these people. Some people will come on you. I've, Experienced brands live. They'll go live every night, every single night. Yep. And some people will mm-hmm. come on and buy stuff from them every single night. I mean, talk about building LTV. Some of the LTVs for the let's say top ten percent of customers for boutiques through like you you can never crazy. You yeah, never man. how Much greater it is than their initial order value. They'll come on by every night, and you can't help but get to know them because the mechanism is usually like at least on Facebook Live Selling. Well, yeah, that, you it, it. usually, uh, hey, comments sold, at, hey, blue t-shirt, comments sold in your size. Yep. We have two in each size available, right? That's so right. It, there's this kind of- the, there's, there's a sense little,
0: of urgency. It pushes the sense of urgency, you know, hey, we're, we're, if you don't buy it now, we're going to sell out. So people jump on and they buy it. And they buy it. it, it it's like
2: I was kind of saying this sometimes, some of their products that like aren't as good a hits, if they could get the quantity right, they could still sell it because yeah. i'm like it's just enough time
0: to make a bad decision just you enough know? time drive a sense of urgency you know you can play yeah. with the price maybe put it on sale drop it down a little bit and, it, yeah. and they'll, they'll be gone before you know it That's a really yeah, good exactly. mechanism yeah. so, so
2: you know if people get on they buy every week every night and they're commenting like you just notice you notice those people and a lot you know depending on what you, tools you use Uh, you're going to end up someone on your team, customer service, you're going to end up talking to that person to like collect their payment and all of that. Right. Yeah. You end up kind of building this community of people who you actually know. Um, and you get, I think more than any other business I've seen, uh, people who do live selling really understand their customers, really, really understand their customers in e-commerce at least
0: yeah i i think so and the, the tricky thing is is, is 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 well how do you how do you scale that you can drive you can drive people to it um what we've we've found it's 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 kind of a there's i think there's a certain audience that likes it and that is that really gets into it and then there's and then there's some that, that that don't and that's just really you know what's your preferred method of 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 shopping or engaging with a company or a brand um, and that's where we kind of we, we 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 did kind of hit a little bit of a roadblock where I think we were we were selling a whole like you said a lot to a lot of the same people mm-hmm. and um, let's slow down a little bit for us but we're we're actually looking at the moment to bring it back around and, and really trying yeah. to crank it back up. It's, so yeah, let's
2: hit on that really quick because I actually am of the belief as much as I just saw live selling, blo- like. And in, in Casey and I, I mean, just to kind of give the quick case study here. Uh, we worked with a brand that did it, similar type of, type of brand, women's clothing boutique. Um, and we just saw, hey, like they got a fire going. Like people love this. And we saw how to throw fuel on the fire. And it, it purely was all of our paid ads. We didn't mm-hmm. ever, we didn't ever advertise clothes. All of our paid ads were just geared toward building their SMS list because they, they texted people every time they were live. Yeah, and their lives went from like a hundred people to like a thousand people pretty quickly, and yeah. then it's more people becoming endeared to them, right? And and they that got bigger, and yeah, not all of those thousand people stick around. Some of them are like, "What is this? This is stupid," right? But like, yeah, yeah, stick some of them, and and like it, it's kind of fast, right? It's like blue T-shirt. You know, we have two of each size. Comment blue T-shirt and your size. Someone might be like, "I don't know, I kind of like it." Blue T-shirt, large, sold. You know, like, <laughs> and then once you have bought once, it's like a little addicting. Yeah, um, it's kind of
0: ga- like gamified, right? So it makes, yeah. it, it, makes it fun, it makes it yeah. fun to shop, and I mean, and people already like shopping, so and you make it even more fun. Why not? Right. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they become endeared, but there, there was a, there is a bottleneck, and that is, how do you scale this? Now, I do think I have some thoughts. I think that many live sellers scale by going more, li- going live more often. Um, you can do that. I, I actually think that. Where a lot of live sellers miss, and I'd be interested in your take on this, as you've gotten away from it, become more experienced in e-commerce, and you're looking to come back to it, um, there are two really big things. One, the best live seller is almost always the owner, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And so what do you think? Like, okay, if you go live every night, like, what, do they not get a vacation? You know, wow. they, you know, that's tough. That is tough, right? Good
0: point, because that's exactly what we, that's almost exactly what we experienced. And, and it almost came a bandwidth issue, burnout but then it's not the same when you put a different face in there yes you 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 hit the nail on the head and we we kind of experienced that firsthand
2: right you get success you make it but then you're like i never even get to enjoy this money you know Uh, so so yeah it's a tough one and training some other people to do it is i mean they'll still sell it won't be as good you know and so that's the thing i would say if you're going to get into live selling understand this right like they'll still sell it won't be as good maybe you just accept that and say like yeah but that's the way that it has to scale we have to have four or five girls who cycle through yeah so that we're not doing you know this thing where i'm tied to it every night or whatever
0: yeah um, and that's kind of the approach that we had started to take and if we engage in it again i think that's what we're gonna do
2: yeah yeah and then the, the other side of it is um I mean, how do you sell more? Do you just have to be live for longer? Do you have to have more products? Uh, I think this is where a lot of live sellers miss: is they don't they don't adapt their buying for their new audience size, right? So they keep buying the same size runs, and it is tricky because a lot of slot suppliers make you buy a size run of all sizes in the same quantity, right? So yeah. extra small, double XL, you got to buy five of each, and you're like, I don't want five double XLs. What am I gonna yeah. do with? Uh, but I think so what a lot of live sellers where I think they miss is they're like, well, how do I scale this? Do I go live longer? Do I go live more often? And it's like, honestly, I think you just got to buy up instead of buying five of each, you got to buy 10 of each, you got to buy 15 of each. And they're, they're scared to do that because they know they're going to be sitting with inventory of those. So supplier terms is huge. And I don't know if you guys have navigated that, but yeah, I mean, talk about that a little bit because that's logistical side stuff where I think this is what I've noticed, but I don't really know for sure.
0: No, no, you, yeah, you're you're right. That's um, you, I, I think there's a, there's always that fear, and e- even if even when you're not live selling, if I buy too many, am I am I going to end up stuck with this, and then we're sitting on it, and then what do I do? Well, I got to discount it, and then you don't make as much money, or you break even, or whatnot. I think that you 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 hit it, you hit a good point right there. I mean, really, that's the the gist of it. I think it plays on the fear of of buying more, and. A lot of people don't want to do that or they're scared to do that or they maybe they do it and it doesn't work one time. But I think that is probably where you need to go, because as you grow, I mean, you're going to you want to hit the same items. You don't want to be on there for three hours doing it, No. maybe every now and then. But you're not going to do that on the the in and out. That's not something that you're going to find longevity with, I don't think. Right. Um, but we were kind of, we like I said, we were still kind of learning too. We, we had found good ground and then it seemed like, well, what do we, what do we do to grow it? And we had kind of hit, hit a, a roadblock there. Yeah. Yeah, for
2: sure. And, and, and I, I will just say that, you know, that, that problem of overbuying, you know, uh, first of all, welcome to e-commerce, you know, that's just always a concern. And even further, if you're going to get into apparel, especially fast fashion apparel, that's that's the gig or footwear, you know. That's yeah. the gig, right? Look, how many size 15s do you buy? You know what I mean?
0: Like how many sizes? A lot of people don't 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 quite get it. It's not the same as having a, a two or three products that you can endlessly sell. It's a lot of different skus and limited sizes and that, yep. and that's a, It's not as it can be tough. It can be yeah. really tough.
2: Demand planning for apparel fast fashion is there's a whole other wrinkle. That's very, very difficult compared. Demand planning is already difficult, right? I always call it demand guessing already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, compared, yeah. But yeah, it, that, that's the wrinkle. But yeah, so uh, in your opinion, you know, you give me, because I have opinions on this. I Everyone who watches the show knows I have opinions on everything. In your opinion, what kind of brands is live selling right for? What kind of brands is live selling not right for?
0: Good, good. Um, let's see. I mean, I I, definitely closed anything fashion wise apparel. You can, you can, you can do that pretty easily. That's, that's pretty, I think a lot of accessory type products would be good. Maybe purses, jewelry, things of that nature. You, You can get on there and you can show like, you know, bog bags are like really big right now. Maybe even something like a Yeti cooler or something like something to that to that extent. I've seen some people do really well with, with stuff like that. Because you can get on there and you, maybe you got a limited supply or or a limited edition of something, you know, yeti cooler, for example. And you got a limited edition and you're gonna drive that sense of urgency like you would with a certain amount of clothes. I think people would eat that up. Yeah, those are kind of the things I, I would see working well. I mean, I wouldn't get on there trying to sell a, um, you know, like a CPG or, or some type of food or drink. Yeah. Or like uh, a supplement. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some kind of supplement. I don't, I don't think so though. I would say apparel is probably, probably definitely your best bet.
2: I've thought about this before. And it, so I think there's probably something to do with audience too. I mean, I will say safely, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to umbrella what you just said into if your audience and, and your your primary buyers are like, you know, female age 25 and I'll say up, but like maybe let's cap 55, right? Like if that's yeah. where your, your main buying demographic is um, and you have a lot of SKUs, like you have a lot of stuff you can sell, that it's probably a fit. It's probably a fit, um, and, yeah. and if you're over new, you get new product really often, right? So that that describes fashion, but you know anybody, if you get new product often, you have a lot of stuff to sell, and that's who you sell to. It's probably a fit. You probably you probably do it and, and make you know, and it would do, and it'd be good for you. Well, I've never been able to figure out is like, and I'm sure somebody's done it, but you know what what it would look like for a brand like um, I don't know, like Yeti microphones, right, or like a kind of more of a single skew type thing. Um, I don't know if it would work in like a male, you know, demo, it, it might, it might not, I've never seen it done. Um, yeah. but like, uh, I, I've thought I've had the idea of like, let's say you had like a kitchenware, you know, thing, mm-hmm. like maybe, maybe you only have like, oh, we have like knife sets and, and cutting boards. What's well, going to be weird to be like, all right, knife set, cutting board, and then you're done being live. So, uh, that, you know, I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe you can do some kind of like cooking show where you live sold it
0: but I've right.
2: never seen it that way. I mean, it, it would
0: be worth it. Yeah. If you could blend maybe some kind of like entertainment in there, you know, like a show. Cause I think that's what a lot of people kind of view it as as well. They're, they're watching a, a show in a way. So maybe if you could blend some entertainment type in there, it could, it could possibly work, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Who, who's who's primarily on there. It's probably the demographic that you said. yeah
2: 25
0: plus women. Whereas, you know, a lot of dudes are not going to be spending a whole lot of time on on Facebook watching somebody watching somebody try to film stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe. Just,
1: maybe just, I gotta jump yeah. in here, guys, because um, I, one one thing pops into mind here. I know there's this whole new like uh, sports cards like break kind of craze that's going on right now, so. Yeah. Um, there are dudes we don't even really get anything to like put on our bodies or anything we're just like oh you know if i can get a little like square one of my favorite players that's <laughs> that's what i'm gonna do so we have our own lane too but yeah. it's true it's yeah fun.
2: sports card break thing live Yep, and and guys watch uh podcasts live right like you know it's it's not like they won't i just i just haven't seen other than the sports cards yeah a lot, a lot of live selling on the like mail demo
0: yeah you're i haven't seen it either but I could yeah. see something like that, potentially. Uh, I mean, that could potentially go. Maybe there's
2: a ocean there for someone, you know, someone who's yeah. brave enough. Your fast fashion men's brand, try it and tell me how it is. Try <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And then, I mean, maybe that's an untapped, you know, there's a gap in the market right there. Yeah, for sure. They may reap a lot of benefits.
1: I think we have a new business plan, fellas. <laughs>
2: there we go. Yeah, we got it. We're founding, we're starting a new brand. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, let, let's uh, let's move on from live selling a little bit. And so, tell me how you evolved out of that. Like we kind of covered a little bit how you know, hey, it got to this point where it's like, hey, dude, so do we get to take a vacation? You know, how does this work? How do we scale okay. this up? Um, and and so you decided to move on from it. it give me a timeline. Were you still live selling in twenty twenty? Like when COVID hit, I'm, I imagine that's when your business took off, like a lot of e commerce businesses.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we were still doing it. Um, we were and we were still did it a little bit going into COVID uh it just wasn't but it but it had kind of it kind of tailed down a little bit for us but you you think coming back up for right when COVID hit kind of came back up a little bit but as we were going into COVID, it was kind of starting to die off for us and we weren't really like i was saying earlier the burnout bandwidth wise we were we were needing to address different things to to continue growing or what was what was you know bearing more fruit i, I guess we could say hmm. so so and then and then COVID hits and all of a sudden, our retail stores are not doing as much for us—barely anything or, or nothing—at a certain point. So we really just said, "Okay, well, how we—we we, got to make sure we're in, we're in front of our customers, in front of our people, or our audience. Where, where are they at?" And it, you know, obviously during COVID, everybody was was on their phone. So I want to be where they're at. I'm on yeah. Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. We're, we we're going to be there. If you're on your phone, we want you to see us. So that's what we did. We just hit it. We hit the social platforms pretty hard. Still, continue to do the live selling, just not as aggressively, um, and then all of a sudden, the sales came.
2: Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, you know, you were mentioning off screen. I know that you were kind of saying like you don't want to share like you know uh, top level numbers publicly, but but you you guys had like really great growth. You're already having really great growth, but you had really great growth growth for through COVID, and that was moving shifting away from the live selling model. And just doing paid traffic, Facebook, Instagram ads, uh, Google ads, TikTok to site, you know, and and, and selling, you know, selling clothes. Uh, yeah. And and but but just to be clear, you guys still do a lot of new product drops or new collection drops, like that still happens pretty often, right? For sure,
0: yeah, yeah. So we're we're dropping we're dropping new stuff, and we're just trying to you we, you, you we're we're talking a little bit about earlier. We're just trying to really zero in on on who our customer is, right? So. If we're dropping new stuff that they like, we're gonna make sales. If we're if we're in touch with what's going on, if, we, if we're on trend with the people that we're trying to get in front of, we're gonna make sales. And that's what we did. Like just you you you, you rattled off everything Organ, We were organic and paid any platform, Google, you name it, we were there, and it it all it all worked out well for us.
2: Cool. So um, and and uh. With the new collection drop, So I think one of the the worries moving away from live selling is, hey, we have these incredible LTVs and they kind of help hold us up, makes it really easy to grow. You know, when people are buying all the time, it's like every time I acquire one new customer, it's like worth so much to me. Right. Um, I, I imagine one of the worries moving away from a live selling model more to the traffic on site model is uh, or selling on site model is. Is is that LTV still going to remain strong? So yeah, I mean, speak to that. Doing the new, acquiring customers on site and then doing the new collection drops. Have you guys still like continued to see as good of an LTV? Maybe not as good, but still good. Yeah,
0: good, but not as good. Big difference. Um, in, in some cases, that like like you said, those the ladies that were in the, doing the, the live selling. I mean, they would, they would they were like crazy amounts. I mean, they would be there every time, buying yeah. multiple things.
2: In hundreds
0: of dollars every time, sometimes. Yeah, and, and kind of shifting away from that model, I think is is where you come back to a little bit more of a maybe a traditional e commerce type selling standpoint where you got to work a little bit harder to retain some people. You might win on the first one, but what 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 happens then? Do, do you, yeah. they really really like your stuff? What do you, what do you, you got to put something right back in front of them to make them buy again? And and you can and you can win doing that if you if you I think if you know your customer.
2: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So mo- moving through the timeline here, 2020, things are going really well. Uh, yeah. You guys moved heavily into both organic and paid. On, on, And then 2021, let's talk about iOS, right? Because a couple of thing ha- things happened in 2021 that I think were struggles for e-commerce brands. One, uh, we started competing for wallet share with other things. Again, you know, travel opened back up, different things opened back up that you know could take wallet share that wasn't able even to there wasn't even we weren't even competing with you know hey should i go on vacation right so people were just at home buying stuff uh during 2020. uh 2021 some stuff opened back up and we got hit with this ios thing so now you've hedged heavily into paid how much did that affect you like i mean did you guys like most e-commerce brands experience a struggle with ios
0: for sure uh tough and i and i almost want to say i hadn't even it, it i don't know if it's gotten better or worse <laughs> Um, yes. As the years, as time has went on, but oh, it, it yeah, 2021 may have even been tougher than than 2020 uh, because of or you know whenever the ILS updates happen. I mean, it just kind of changed, not necessarily what we were doing, but it, it because we lost some of that 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 signal or that data, we just had to you had to really be in touch with what you're doing. And before, you might be able to just put a bunch of stuff out there, or throw a bunch of stuff at the wall, and it would stick. When when iOS came, you had to be better. It's going It was separating, you know, quote unquote, the men from the boys. It, it you had to be good. You still, you have, you have to be good. There's still an opportunity there, but if if you don't come prepared to play, you're you're gonna lose. And we were ready to. We were we were ready to go, and still have been. It was been a little bit of a rocky ride, but you just we just kind of zeroed in on. Okay, what's working? What's not? Yeah. What's selling? What's not? And you just had to really be zeroed in on on what was what was going good for you, and we managed it fairly well. Uh, we sell something that's a little bit more generic, so I think that's a little bit easier. Right. Uh, we do sell clothing to a broad, pretty broad audience. Yeah. If you're selling, you know, something more specific, I think you certainly you probably struggle to even even more so.
2: Right. So certain certain brands, you know, that maybe uh let's talk you know like luggage or oh a uh, really good like stroller you know or anything that's like baby oriented it's like oh i gotta catch people in like a really certain time period of yeah. life uh it was yeah it's gotten harder right and and everyone kind of says well like broad targeting works facebook knows your audience it's like i mean facebook knows the audience for women's clothing better than they know the audience for like a stroller uh
0: yeah yeah a certain type of pet owner you know and selling something specific to dogs, you got to be a little bit more. I mean, they do know,
2: right? If right. You use Broad, right? We've, we've got brands like that, but it is hard, you know, like they, there were brands that, like, I think a lot of, a lot of like people in the DSC space sort of, uh, I don't know. Frown upon anyone who is like, you know, we were hurt by the targeting updates um, and, and the loss of a lot of targeting, which, which I guess we're associating with iOS 14. It wasn't necessarily associated, but um, a lot, the loss of a lot of targeting, and lookalikes became watered down because their data was worse and stuff like that. And yeah, they get frowned upon. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if we should really frown upon them when they're like a really niche, you know, thing. And uh, but yeah, no, I know I I get it. You know, and, and in clothing, a lot of times it is uh, creatively, I, I won't say easy, but it's, it's a lot about just like, it's, it's more product focused than creative focus. It's like, Hey, you know, do you like this? Like you just show it to them. Like, do you like that? No. How about this? No. How about that? Oh, yeah, they, you know, they like that. Like, let's, let's do more stuff with that product, you know? Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah you but, don't have to, I, you don't have to have a super creative video that you spend, you know, maybe a gazillion bucks on, but it's, like you said it's a little more oh, oh i see that oh i like that i buy that boom you're not it's not a 500 hundred dollar purchase it's nothing that it takes a whole lot of time to think about it. it's no type of course or something like that where you might need to retap into somebody seeing it again It's something that's a little bit easier oh that's only 40 50 60 bucks i can make i can i like it i'll buy it
2: yep yeah now like what you said about like you know kind of i was 14 separated uh Men from the boys, right, so to speak, or or uh, however you want to look at it. Uh, I, and I think it came in phases, right? Because it was like, you know, phase one was like, are you with it and knowledgeable enough to, like, not just trust what the platform says, right? Because up to that point, we totally took for granted that most of us, like, just trusted what the platform said. And platforms probably were like, and, and in fact, I know like platforms were never hundred percent accurate and I have brands where they were way off, uh, but, but you actually could trust them pretty well, right? Like they, they yeah. were close to on Facebook. It is
0: something that's pretty solid to go off of. You, you, you right. could, you could make really good, you can make decisions and feel comfortable about it.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And then, it's so that, different now. are you, yeah. Are you, are you savvy enough to just not trust with the platform said? Are you savvy enough to continue? To figure out a way to figure out a way to figure out if yeah. Facebook, how well Facebook and Instagram is working for you at a high level, you know, and continue to invest in it, even though you don't have this nice clear data point that says, "Hey, look, three ROAS, yay!" You know, um, so so yeah, I mean, that was you know phase one, and then phase two is like, you know, who could figure out? Okay, well now, how do we compare Facebook to Google to TikTok? Right, like, how do we even compare? You know and, and so getting into mta tools or getting more advanced using google analytics you know that kind of stuff and then phase three was like you know how do you adapt creatively here when you have to make decisions with less data right yeah and like you said you know you used to just be able to throw a bunch of stuff and you get quite a bit of data back and you can make good decisions with it and now it's like you know, in a lot of cases, you can't throw as many things at the wall, so you got to be more intentional about it. But uh, I, I guess I'm kind of going on a rant of, like, how oh, know, yeah. involved with us? But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. How have things gone, you know, in terms of, like, the way that you've switched up your tactics and the way that you've switched up your strategy in in running paid traffic uh, since iOS 14? Uh,
0: so so we did – we have – you mentioned the lookalikes kind of dropped off that, for sure. We, we've seen that we just pretty much kind of went to a little bit more um, structured and not as broad of uh, testing and creative is kind of, like I said, we zeroed in on, well, what has been working and we want to stick to that a little bit more. I think we've as not being a, a really huge brand, you don't have a lot of dollars to throw around. So wh- whenever you do something, you have to make sure your dollars count. So you don't want to, throw a whole bunch of stuff at the wall you want to make sure you're you're putting your best foot forward and that's pretty much how we've done it we've just been a little bit more cautious about spending dollars on on, on paid stuff where where as before you may you may not have like you said you could throw almost anything up and, and you would you would sell something mm-hmm. now that's not necessarily the case so we're just a little bit more uh structured and as far as what we're what we're how we're setting up the accounts what we're running as as ads and stuff like that
2: yeah how uh so one question too and and this is because with a lot of our apparel brands uh our our mix our media mix of uh and we're getting into tactical stuff for for those who like yeah. that, tactical stuff our media mix of facebook to google shifted pretty significantly after or has shifted over the last year um uh away from Facebook and more heavily into Google. Right. And like Google shop has just, you know, been really powerful. And I would actually, you know, I'm going to endorse performance max and say it's pretty powerful. Um, and yeah, so a lot of media dollars, I mean, we're to the point now where some of our brands that are apparel accessories, high skew counts are like 80, 20 Google to Facebook. Now, um, have you found that, or, or are you guys still pretty heavy? Facebook, Instagram has your media mix shifted?
0: We we similar but not. I wouldn't say as much. We did shift a little bit more towards Google, and we we've, we've been with we've been on the TikTok train for for a good little mm-hmm. while. We're not spending as much as I would I would probably like to there, but um, there was a shift there too. Certainly, right more when the uh, when the updates happen, we did shift quite a bit to Google, and, and it worked pretty pretty well. Since then, I think we've kind of came back a little bit more into the Facebook Instagram side of things, yeah. with a little bit more going to TikTok too. Um, we want to be everywhere. We've, uh, we've, right. we've done Snapchat, Pinterest, pretty much you name it. We're we we have not actually done a lot of traditional type of stuff as far as like billboards and things like that, because we do have our uh, storefronts, but yeah. we're looking at, we're looking at pushing there too. Yeah. And uh,
2: it, you know, I, a thing I always say about like, you know, let's say direct mail uh, billboards, TD, I, I don't poo poo on it. It's fine. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good with that stuff uh, a lot of times you, you gotta be at a certain level, right? Like it's kind of 15 to 20 million. Um, and I, I was actually having a conversation with, with somebody recently about like, you know, we were talking about a podcast topic, like life after 10 million, right? That that's about the point 15 million, 20 million, where it's like, you start out growing some algorithms, you know, you start out growing, uh, some search demand and, and you start needing to be like, uh, okay, how, do, how do I reach new people? Well, how do you reach people who like, just don't, they won't buy online. Like they're not going to buy from an online ad. Right. Um, Yeah. You, you, a lot of times need bigger budgets for tests, right? Like you need, if you do a TV buy, you know, it's going to be a $10,000 buy or something like that. Right. And it's going to be 10,000 minimum commitment just to make $0 sometimes, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, so a lot of smaller brands are, you know, can't, can't really uh, get into that, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, so yeah, kind of, kind of shifting gears here. Um, I want to talk about uh, what, what are some things that you feel like uh, you, you or Blushing Brunette, you guys as a brand collectively do really well right now today, you know, 2022. Um, and, and this is, you know, we're kind of a marketing growth focused thing. So if you can keep it there, you know, that's perfect. Right. And uh, and then some things that you don't feel like you do well or you 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 don't feel like you do well and you feel like are worth the time like uh, we should do this better.
0: OK, uh, first one is I, I think we are pretty in tune with with who, with who our audience is. We 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 tend to we tend to listen. We tend to stay present. We're, we we try to uh, engage and ask different things, to different people, different customers to try to stay in tune with them. I think we do that well. What we don't do well, maybe a little more tactical creative creation. And I think this might have been what actually sparked my in this conversation. Uh, and maybe I, maybe we overanalyze it sometimes. Maybe it is a little more simple, just picture, shirt, top, dress, post, yeah. done. we we like to get a little bit more creative or a little bit more too hands-on. Well, let's make a video. Let's do this, you know. Creative creation, I'd say, is where we, might, where we could improve.
2: Let me, let me jump in because I don't disagree with you. I I think a lot of times, let me put it, I'll be clear. A lot of times in fashion, it is a lot of just here's the product or dynamic ads, you know, to broad audiences works really well, right. In in fashion, but let's talk about what you are like, let's go all the way back to the beginning and, and, and talk about this and, and say like, Hey, you remember when we said like, you guys don't have any really product side advantage, right? Like a lot of the stuff you have, someone else can go get right. So another, another boutique could have the exact same thing and they could un- undercut you by a dollar and they're going to yeah. win on the price. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it know maybe they'll win, right. The cost of traffic might get too expensive for them, but they, they might just be more focused on it or like whatever. Right. Like any, any number of things can happen where like what you said, okay. So when you don't have a product advantage, how do you win? You have to build a brand. Right. So I I think at a certain point, like your lowest hanging fruit is going to be the stuff you do where it's like hey, let's focus on what are our winning products? How, do we, how would we do more stuff around that? How do we bring in more colors around that? How do we you know, bring in more iterations or, or small variations of that product so that we can advertise more of that in um, you know, dynamic ads, right? Like, let's just throw the catalog out there and let people buy what they want. Um, but I will say that when you get to a certain point, it's like, you got to kind of endear them to the brand, even on the way in, right? So, so how do you get that, you know, we don't, and I'm not looking to do like branded ads that don't drive sales, right? So how do you strike the balance of making some creatives, creative creation, right? Creative, making some creatives and ideating some creatives that like kind of sell people on the idea of blushing brunette versus any other place that they could buy a very similar top Um, and, and like kind of endearing them to you. So that, you know, whether they buy today or they buy tomorrow or, what, or when they buy, they're stickier, right? And I think that is actually a big thing that I've seen with fast fashion apparel brands. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 having the finger on the pulse and stuff like that. But it's like live selling just did that naturally. So how do we do that in a non-live selling environment when it, you know, it's just us running ads?
0: Tough the, question. You make a good I point.
2: I don't think you're wrong to think about it for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. It's it, cause that's kind of hard to do. I, I think if you keep things kind of cohesive as far as maybe your 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 styles, what it maybe maybe even as, as simple as your fonts and your colors and things like that, keep things a little bit more cohesive where everything looks and fits the same, right? So when you go from maybe an ad to a landing page or the website or the product page, you're not showing completely two different things. Where people can say, okay, this this fits, right? I, I get this. And then they, and if they see that every time, I feel like you'll register a little bit better with them.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh into the fun into into a little bit of a fun phase here, Casey, if you wanna hop back on. Uh I I think we talked before, are you a sports guy? Are you a sports fan?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. No, you- I haven't watched as much lately, work a lot, but yeah, football, yeah. basketball, and I was a big UFC guy at one time too.
2: Okay, UFC. So, so we like to do a sports analogies section. So it's it's either you know analogy from sport uh, that you uh, that you think like man that that just applies to business or something you learned you know doing sports if you did sports. I'll go first. I'll give an example because I have a new one. Um, okay, and it's really from my true sport that I did. I use a lot of basketball analogies because I'm a big basketball fan but actually from my true sport that I did, uh, that I've been uh, thinking about lately. So I I ran track and cross country, uh, in college at the NCAA level, a little bit professionally. Um, and there's a book that I love called once a runner. Um, that's like, it's kind of a classic, you know, runners. and there's a part in there where it, it sort of talks about, uh, you know, there's this guy who's an Olympic silver medalist and everybody comes to train with him. Right. Because they're like, I want to know the secret. What is this guy's secret? And, uh, and, and it talks about how they they get like this kind of like pit in their stomach when they realize the secret is there's no secret. It's just the heart rending process of tearing the soles of your shoes apart day by day, molecule by molecule, days on days, weeks on weeks, months on months, years on years. And that's so, so that's my, my analogy I'll go with for today is the secret is there's no secret. That's one thing I learned in sports, gaining proficiency in anything isn't about learning some secret or learning something. It's about lots and lots of quality reps. There's no replacement for reps. I
0: mean, that's that's it. I really, I don't know if there's a better, if there's a better <laughs> one really, because that's that's, that's, that's the end talk. of the day.
1: I'll, I'll jump in with one. I'll try to be uh, try to stay relevant to to this topic or this this podcast exclusive this episode. Um, so you mentioned kind of like a change in in strategy from like live selling to kind of not focusing so much on that. And, you know, when, when your roots really, it seems like, as I understand it are kind of in live selling, right. So that, that reminds me of like a scheme change to a team where you've got this stud player, you know, I'm a 49ers fan, right. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but Debo Samuel, he's just like crazy hybrid wide receiver running back. Just get the ball in his hands. any way you can, he's amazing when he's got the ball in his hands. Um, You know how we talked about like live selling brands, those are built on the back of like a superstar a lot of times, you know, like yeah. like knowing that's your right. audience, being able to relate on the fly, telling them exactly what they want to hear. Just kind of man, there's so much going on in live selling. It really does. You know, it might be two superstars. You guys as a team. It's a relatively small yeah. team. Um, and then you go through like a scheme change. And I think that's something that's scary for a lot of brands. But you guys... You know, you had a reason for wanting to do it. You knew it made sense. And I think you probably had to give yourself a little bit of leeway in learning that new playbook, adjusting to the new scheme, finding out the difference now in roles like, oh, I'm not so much focused on putting this thing over here on my back. I need Mm -hmm. to kind of focus over here on this other lane now. And and you kind of find your new roles. And it it just goes to show that uh, a good player can adapt to a new scheme. So I would say a change of scheme is is something that relates both to sports (laughs) and e-commerce
2: the best players are independent
0: yeah right it. right yeah well I, I guess i could echo off that right i could i could say you know you don't make the shot you won't make the shots that you don't take so you got to be able to you got to be able to shoot right and whether it's uh whatever that avenue is if it's live selling if it's storefront if it's paid ads whatever it is if you don't try it when you if you don't shoot you're not going to make it so you got to at least take the shot kobe bryant love him probably my favorite basketball player of all time how many shots has that dude has that dude missed? You don't hear about it, but it's uh, he, he's he's towards the top. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. he's also the greatest player of all time, or not of all time, but he's up there. And, he's uh, up there. He's in the top. But you you can't make the shots you don't take. That's that'd be my analogy. Yeah,
1: he's like one of the five acceptable like goats, I think, in basketball. Right? He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What are you talking about?
0: Well, is a
2: a great yeah analogy for a great sport for that analogy, because like, I mean, I play a lot. Right. And in the best players, they just they just have that killer mentality, that mentality that like, you know, they don't even think about, is this a bad shot? Right. Like, is this an advisable shot? Is this a high percentage shot? It's just like in their mind, I I'm open. It's going to go in
0: you know gonna, like yeah that. i'm gonna shoot that's it yeah you just shoot. you just pull the trigger and i'd say it all the time it could be something like creative too right so uh, to reference back to an uh, e-com you got five six ten creatives just put them out there and see which one works because a lot of times it's the the one that works is the one you might not think was going to be the best one yeah
2: exactly
1: you don't know how recurring that thought is on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> It's like our probably number one, if 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 ModCom podcast ever went down in flames, that'd be like our one little flag we be leave be. hanging. Like, you don't know going to work ahead of time. Yeah, cool.
0: Well,
2: Alan, I appreciate you being on this. It was a super fun episode. Thank you
0: guys, wow. man. It was fun.
2: Yes, thank you. I, I'm glad we got to talk live selling finally. Like, there's so few live sellers out there. Yeah. And like, a lot of them aren't really into building a person. Like, a lot of them are just, you know, the personal brand they're building is within their brand. Right. So they don't want to be on my podcast. Like so
0: uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm
2: glad you got on here and we gotta talk live selling.
0: Well, just to, to kind of note on that, I think you you gotta kinda you gotta you gotta think a little bit more outside, like you gotta build the brand and you can't just be too too zeroed in on that. Yeah, I love it. I love
2: it. Um well thank you again for being on here. Um it was a super, super good time, super fun time. We'll have to have you back sometime to play a game or something like that. We play some games on the show. Uh uh-huh. I think that that's good. Casey, say the YouTube things, take us out.
1: All right. Thank you, John, for leading this interview. Thank you, Alan, for joining today as our guest. I'm loving this series. If you guys haven't uh, watched other episodes of this series, go ahead and watch it. I'll try to put a card up here somewhere so you can watch this whole playlist of awesome interviews we've had lately on how to build all different types of brands. Um, Modern Commerce, thank you for watching. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell icon to get notifications about whenever we drop new content onto our channel. And as always, until next time, we'll see you. Hey, ModCom. This episode was brought to you by Pencil. I'm a creative strategist at the agency that John and I work at. If you happen to be a creative strategist, or you're just having a hard time rolling out enough new creatives for testing, then I have the perfect solution for you. It's trypencil.com. Over at Pencil, the AI will help you determine what your best performers are. It'll even break it down into what elements of those best performers are helping making those ads go. And it'll also take those elements and create whole new ads for you to push live straight from their platform right over to Facebook and IG. So go to trypencil.com if you wanna use this. And use the promo code MODCOM15 to save 15% off of any paid plan they have over there. You can always start with a free plan. Uh, go ahead. Actually, I recommend it even. But we're confident you're going to want to upgrade as soon as you try it out. So just remember to go to TryPencil.com. Use the promo code MODCOM15 to save 15% off of any plan. And thank you for tuning in to Modern Commerce.